Hello and welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast, where we will be discussing all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and topics that will enhance your personal development. My name is Harmony and I am your podcast host. I am a clinical Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner and registered nurse who specializes in women's hormonal and gut health. I am also a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, business owner, and a mama of twin boys. My mission is to bridge the gap between modern medicine and emerging science with natural therapies and the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and Eastern medicine. I will be speaking with leaders in the industry and starting those conversations that will bring each modality together so we can truly offer a holistic health and wellness platform that educates and inspires you to live a more simple, healthy, and balanced life. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that each episode downloads to your podcast library. Then listen up and be inspired to create perfect health, healing, and harmony within your mind and body and live your most inspired life. You, my listener, are much appreciated. From my soul to yours, namaste. I would love to stay connected with you beyond me speaking into your ear holes every time you tune into this podcast. Join our tribe and subscribe to the Ayurveda Soul Sisters Tribe Facebook group so we can carry these conversations on in there. You can say hello on Facebook at Harmony Inspired Health or Instagram at Harmony Inspired Ayurveda or hang out on my website and see all the latest events, blogs or book in for an Ayurveda and integrative health consultation or body therapy. And don't forget to grab your free ebook whilst you're there. My website is www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Welcome back to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast. Thank you for listening in. Today we will be chatting with Amy Mingan, who is a women's health naturopath. So she specializes in women's hormone conditions and also regulating our monthly cycle. So this discussion was one that was pre-recorded before a workshop we did and I had asked some of our followers to write in with any questions they had regarding their cycle or their hormones and so we got together to discuss and answer these questions so listen in and I hope you enjoyed the episode and can get a lot out of it if you would like to talk directly to Amy about any of your women's health problems, you can find her at Amy Mingen. That's A M Y 
and Mingan is M-I-N-G-I-N, Amy Mingan. So thank you for listening in. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm just trying to figure out my phone here so that it doesn't play silly buggers. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> I had it round the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> nice to- Thank you for jumping on today, Amy. Yeah, no worries. No worries. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. So um, I've just uh, done a little quick intro about you, but if you wanted to um, talk a little bit more about what you specialize in, I know obviously we've said women's health, but mm. yeah, wanted to have a little chat about that. And then I've got some great questions that a few people have um, emailed in or DM'd in who can't make this live, but are really keen to watch the replay, so then we'll get on to those. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So... Uh, so firstly, thanks for having me, Harmony. It's such a fun okay. thing to come on and chat about things that I just absolutely love chatting about. Um, so women's hormones is my thing. Um, I really, really love helping debunk a whole bunch of myths around women's cycles. Um, yes. Mainly because when I was growing up, there really wasn't... It was just something that happened in life and there wasn't really much empowerment that happened. So I didn't truly find out the real ins and outs until I was studying my health science degree when I was in my 20s. So it was just kind of something that happened every month and I was just a bit like, okay, this is how it happened. And unless I charted it or unless I sort of marked on my calendar, it just was something that happened. And I noticed that in my clients that... When I ask them about their cycle, if there's a certain trigger that might cause something or other, you know, they might be getting hormonal headaches, they might get um, sugar cravings just before their period, or maybe their appetite's um, ravenous, or maybe they're tired, but they don't always know or clue into those sorts of symptoms that they are related to their hormones. So I really like empowering women to realize that, oh, this is how I'm feeling and this is what it's related to. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right though. Like, it never was spoken much about, like, when we were younger as well. Mm. So, mm. I think I've, there's like a, a movement now that it's more maybe acceptable to speak out and out loud about it and share these things, which is really great because we all, I guess, um, suffered in silence maybe back in the day, and now it's yeah. really nice to have the insights of um, all of you guys that specialize in this can help us all through it so yeah we all through it yeah yeah that's it that's it and it's those varying degrees of what's also considered normal versus what's common a lot of women just get like those ridiculous pains and cramping with their period and they've just been told to just deal with it and you know what it isn't something that they just have to deal with it is something that can be fixed and they don't have to actually be in pain every month or take time off work every month or be in hospital each month you know like sometimes it's that severe but they've been told to just deal with it so yeah it's really nice to let women know that there's a different side to things as well yeah absolutely yeah so I thought maybe just wanted to start just a a quick overview um of the stages of our cycle and then we can maybe some of the questions just so that yeah we get an overview yeah, sure. and then questions will make a bit more sense to people who 
may not be as familiar with the um, cycle. Yeah, sure. So if you're somebody who has a fairly regular menstrual cycle, so let's say you're on a four-weekly kind of cycle, usually it's, I would say, a normal sort of cycle is anywhere between about 27 and 32 days. Um, so if you fall inside that category, I'll be mostly talking to you today. Um, things that fall outside of that, that sort of, um, you might get your period earlier than that so some women who I see get their period after every 21 days so every three weeks and sometimes it pushes out way further than that they might only get a few periods a year so yeah. for um, keeping it like succinct today um, we could talk about okay so day one is when you start to menstruate or when you start to bleed and that's usually when most women will want to go inward. They, they don't necessarily want to go and do all the things for all the people. Um, it's the day where you really should be resting, even though in our day and age it doesn't really happen that much. But if you can possibly make it that way in your calendar, try and make that your at least your one day of rest per month. And normal amount of bleeding is anywhere between four, four to seven days. Um, anything less than that, we're probably looking at a bit of um, hormone deficiency and anything more than that, we're probably looking at hormone excess, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so once you finish bleeding, you, you're kind of like at baseline. So all of your hormones should be relatively low during your period and just after your period. And then estrogen will start to rise. And once your estrogen starts to rise, your luteinizing hormone also peaks just before you ovulate. And ovulation is an extremely important part of our cycle. It then means that an egg has been released. And the whole point of being human is to reproduce, right? So it, there's lots of different reasons why we may or may not ovulate. Sometimes we ovulate early, sometimes late, and it's got a lot to do with our stress in our life particularly if you're yeah. a younger woman, I would say. When we're talking more towards perimenopause and menopause, it changes the game. But I'm talking more so for younger women here of reproductive age. And so then once you ovulate, there's um, a part called the corpus luteum, and that will help uh, maintain a pregnancy if your egg gets fertilised. And so... The corpus luteum helps produce progesterone and if you've got enough progesterone, you should zoom through that second half of your cycle feeling really good, really energetic, um, not get any cravings, not getting headaches. But the problem is I see a lot of women who have what's called like a relative um, estrogen excess or estrogen dominance. So these are the yeah. types of women who might, they might get a headache around ovulation yeah. or they might get a headache just before their period. Or they might get really bloated or fluid retention. They might get sore breasts. Um, yeah. They might get hormonal breakouts. It's a really common one. Um, but the, probably the biggest thing is like that moodiness at least a couple of days before their period begins. And that's yeah. usually because the <laughs> progesterone is starting to become a bit deficient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. That's a quick um, overview yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, the moodiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, yeah, I find uh, my symptoms are heightened more around ovulation. But yeah. that is one of the questions um, that we did get through. So I'll start mm. with um, 
Yeah, there, there was two questions that came in that are quite similar. So you may, I'll read them both and you may answer them both in the same question. Sure. But one was that um, I went on the pill to regulate my hormones as I felt that they were all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, in your opinion, is there a better natural approach? I do, however, feel more regular on the pill at the moment, but would like to go off it. So that was one of the questions that got emailed in. And cool. the other one was um, someone just saying that they would love you to discuss anything regarding excess estrogen from the yep. contraceptive pill to our diet. So all yep. about that um, cool. estrogen. So I don't know if both of those might... Yeah, anyway. Oh, there's a little bit of overlap, but let's focus on the pill. And like, this is one of the beautiful myths. I'm like, yes, this is a myth I like to bust. So, first of all, the pill doesn't balance. <laughs> totally. <laughs> myth busters yeah. for hormones. Um, so, first of all, the pill is not the answer for regulating your hormones. The pill is yeah. for basically putting us into a flat line. So our, our cycle, we should really peak and then plateau out and then it drops or hang on, then it drops for our period. Whereas the pill, you're the same the whole month. And the only time, the only reason you get a period, it's a chemical period. So it's like a side effect of coming off the pill for five days. Yep. You yep. bleed. It's a very light bleed. Usually you don't tend to have as much uterine lining because it keeps the estrogen at a certain amount. Um it's at, at that certain amount to prevent ovulation. Um, yes. There's also a certain amount of mucus that will stay around the cervix when somebody's on the pill as well. So it basically tricks the body into thinking that it's pregnant. So a lot of women will gain at least five kilos and that's usually in fluid because the body okay. thinks it's pregnant. You might go yeah. up a cup size in your bra, but you'll probably also go up a size in your jeans as well. So it depends. Like some yeah. women just love the fact that they grow big, bigger breasts, but like what's what's happening long term? Um, well, side effect, like weight gain with the pill. Yeah. So that's really yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. It. Yeah. So I, oh, it just made me more hungry, so I was eating more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be that too. Um, yeah. Not to mention the pill also um, changes our microbiome. So in our gut, the pill acts in a way that it kills off certain good bacteria and it promotes the bad bacteria. So it's not that great in an um, immune sense. It's not great in a digestive sense. So a lot of women will say that they get more bloating or cramping or anything like that when they're on the pill, and that's usually because that microbiome's changing. Add to that, it'll increase your copper levels, which will displace your zinc. And zinc is so, so important for our skin health, for our immune health, for our hormonal health, for all of our neurotransmitters. The list goes on. So that's just a few things that the pill can do in the body. I'm not saying it happens to everyone, but there's a lot of side effects that can occur. Um, yeah. When I was on the pill when I was a late teen, I used to get monthly migraines with the pill. So it wasn't until I came off it that my migraines stopped. And, yeah, when I used to get asked, do you get any side effects?, I didn't think that that was a side effect until I stopped and yeah. I realised, oh, that must have been a side effect. Probably, yeah, so... Metals in the body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in order to balance hormones naturally, you can do it herbally, you can do it nutritionally, you can do it with diet and you can do it with exercise as well. So there's 
a lot of different things that have to come together in order to make the hormones balance. Um, So I would never just say, yeah, go take magnesium. That's probably one part that might be good, but she would need to come off the pill to at least see where her period is at. She would want to have a look at her stress levels because that's one of the main things that will mess around with your hormones. So if you can get, if so the lady who's written in, if she can get her stress levels down and really get on top of her stress, she'll probably notice that her cycle will change dramatically and it'll be a bit more predictable. But if not, she might need to have um, some sort of herbs that are going to help with the communication of the ovaries to the brain and vice versa. So it helps to regulate ovulation, which will regulate everything else. Balance is often a multitude of different things to come together to create that balance. Yeah, so. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's never the one thing. Like, there might be one dominant thing, but there's always more than one thing that we have to look at um, because, you know, we're multidimensional beings, aren't we? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, So as far as estrogen dominance is concerned, um, that is, like, it can be something that someone might um, have from the pill purely because their body, it will affect the liver function and their body won't necessarily have, um, like what I see when some women have been on the pill, particularly for a long period of time and they're um, exposed to those xenoestrogens or exogenous or estrogens that basically aren't made by the body. So let's say anything external that's affecting estrogen in the body. So that's by taking the pill or it could be exposure to pesticides and plastics and things like that. And that can add to our burden for our liver to try and detox that estrogen through the estrogen pathways. And that could be one thing that could add to someone's estrogen dominance. But as far as, yeah, how does it like, does the pill have an effect on that? It could, but I wouldn't say it's the only thing. I feel like estrogen dominance, um, it's almost like a catch-22 between if, if we're talking about someone with, like I said, that toxin load yeah. and or someone who has that low progesterone in the second half of the month. So it might be someone who's not ovulating or it might yeah. be someone who's extremely stressed and their mm-hmm. body's not producing enough progesterone to yeah. keep their period to keep their period happy basically so they would have ex- fairly extreme pms and cravings and yeah. things like that emotional yeah. yeah like as you mentioned with the toxins that's like because i um work with ayurveda and yeah. it's just when you're doing it i'm talking about like people with menstrual sort of issues and estrogen dominance it's often having to completely detox the body and the, yeah. the liver which helps um, rid the armor throughout the body, the toxins, yep. which regulate your cycle and balance yep. your body. Like, totally. Yeah, totally so agree. A lot of sense coming from the Ayurvedic point of view as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, and what about estrogen? She said also um, excess, excess estrogen from the diets. I'm assuming maybe soy or... Soy, yeah. Yeah, so... I- I guess um, I'm one of these people that tends to sit on the fence with soy. Like most people will be quite black and white. Like I've got, I lecture um, nutrition at Endeavour College of Natural Health and there are some lecturers there that are basically like, no, no, say no to soy, you know, and they're really like drumming into the students and the students ask me for my opinion and I'm like, you know what, there is a time and place where soy is okay. 
um, like yeah. particularly getting close to menopause, that's when I sort of say, yes, yeah, always okay, or post-menopause, always okay because it's a source of estrogen. Yeah. But usually, unless somebody is that stressed and they've not got a period and their estrogen's really low, you probably don't need your estrogen from your soy and it could potentially yeah. be messing with your cycle. So particularly yeah. the women who have those estrogen-dominant symptoms, particularly the probably the most common one is the sore breasts, particularly after ovulation, getting close to their period. Yeah. If you've got sore breasts, stop the soy. It could be the yeah. one thing that really, really helps. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, um, then a bit of soy, like, in your diet's fine. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Just, and, you know, like... <laughs> Pardon? Balance, yeah, totally, totally. Like if you have one tofu stir-fry a week, it's not going to put you way out of balance. But if you were to have it daily in multiple meals because you might have just turned vegan and you're not sure where to get your protein from, for example, that's a really common thing I see. You know, it's about like educating yourself on how else you could get that particular type of protein but maybe not from soy. So, yeah. yeah. Nutrients from different um, sources. Yeah. Anyway, Absolutely, yeah. definitely, yeah. And another um, question I've got is that I get excessive bloating and irritability around ovulation when I'm mm-hmm. on my cycle. Um, mm-hmm. How around like a lot of the you, you listen to a lot of talks or read things, and they say ovulation's a time where you're meant to be feeling like all sexy and great and this and that. <laughs> <laughs> Ovulation's like not the best part of my cycle. Like it's yeah. worse my period. So yeah, uh, right. Just, yeah, I get like fluid retention, bloating, and yeah, and so does. Yeah, obviously it's not just me. I've had that question. Yeah, me. it's a common thing, particularly in active <laughs> women that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So there's a couple of things that could be at play. It could be a cortisol issue, so adrenals coming into play but also when we're at the peak of ovulation that should be when our estrogen is peaking and also it's when we're most um what's the word we're we're most under the influence of histamine and histamine is one of the um hormones of the liver so it affects our liver function so if our liver is a little bit you know a bit sluggish um, it can have effects like that where we're getting that excessive, yeah, that excessive histamine, which can cause fluid, it can cause more inflammation, it can cause things yeah. like that. And I don't know if you feel like um, around that ovulation time, if this is um, happening to you, histamine's quite... Um, it's quite stimulating to the brain. So some people can feel quite anxious and quite wound up. So I don't yeah. know if that happens yeah. to you, but yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. probably a histamine issue, in which case if you were to take some liver cleansing herbs around ovulation, you'd probably come yeah. down really easily. Well, so I would, I would recommend have... things like turmeric and rosemary. Those types yeah. of herbs are really good for that time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking all that now because I'm actually on the um, Panchakarma Ayurvedic cleanse, yeah. which is like perfect. Yeah. Fully deep that liver. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really yeah, not so awesome when you first go through it, but you come out the other God. side and feel awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the time I felt like it was punching me in the face the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good now, though. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And just, um, just on the ovulation, just for those women that may not know 
or how do they know that they're ovulating? Like, oh, good question. Cycle, like, how can they tell if yeah. they're ovulating? Yeah. yeah. So a couple of different ways. So if you're someone who's very, very new to um, tracking your cycle, I would recommend getting an app on your phone or even just writing it down in a note section of your phone or writing it in a diary, like a paper diary. It works as well. But what you're tracking is you can track it using your temperature, which um, for anyone who's got a bit of a mixed routine, meaning one morning you're up at five, the next morning you're up at seven, the next morning you're up at six, it's not such a great method for you to use the temperature method because it needs consistency. You need to wake up the same time every morning, pop the temperature, pop the thermometer and take your temperature at this consistent time without moving. Um, so if you're consistent, temperature is good because it will peak about 0.2 of a degree higher the day that you ovulate. So that's method number one. Method number two is you have to track your cervical mucus, which a lot of women will notice um, if you are of reproductive age that after your period finishes, you're pretty much dry and then it will start going into more sort of like a, a creaminess and then a milkiness and then more like egg white. So when you hit that egg white style mucus, that means you're ovulating. So for some women, it's, it'll happen for one day. For other women, it might be up to five days if they're super fertile. But looking out for that egg white mucus is another way to know that you're ovulating. Yeah, so it's normal to have that up to five days, that change. Yeah, it's not common. <laughs> I would say it's probably most common to have it for two to three days at the most, but some women are quite fertile and they might have it for up to five days. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, but if they're worried about the mucus that comes out, like particularly if someone who's come off the pill, they're probably not used to having much cervical mucus because there's a plug that sits up around the cervix. Um, they start producing all this mucus and often they freak out thinking they've got an infection. So it's a good idea to start like looking at the mucus and not being freaked out by it. The only time that you need to sort of get it checked out is if there's a an extreme color change like if it turns yellow or green or brown or something like that get that checked out if there's a difference in smell or if you're itchy they're the main things if you've got any of those symptoms go get it checked out but otherwise it's all relative um to your cycle of what's normal for you yeah excellent. okay cool well, yeah thank you for all no that. worries it's been so great so helpful i'm sure for lots of people was there anything yeah. um, else you wanted to add about a cycle women's hormones um just that I, I'll, I'll just jump in and say that um we are going to be holding our workshop and yeah True, that's not yeah. this weekend but next weekend and if anyone has any questions you might be catching this on the replay and you thought oh my gosh I really need to ask her this question come along to the workshop it's going to be super fun super informative you get free access to me to ask all your burning questions um, and I will fill you in on lots of different juicy details and I can get you charting and using temperature method because this particular type of information it's not widely available, but if you have a teenager or you yourself are looking to become pregnant or you just want to find out how to track your cycle, this is going to be absolutely perfect for you. And not even just on cycle, but any of those hormonal women's health sort of issues. Totally. Can, 
Um, to, yeah. And so the workshop, like Amy said, is on July the 21st. Uh, that's a Sunday and it'll be from 10 o'clock in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon. And you can jump on and grab the tickets are only $33 and morning, a really healthy, yummy morning tea is included. And you can get the tickets via my website, which is www.harmonyinspiredyoga.com. And I will put that link down in the notes as well. So I would love to see you there and think of all the questions you may have from Amy and it'd be even really lovely mother-daughter sort of workshop as well. So bring your daughter, bring your mother and, yeah. Or your sister or your friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pick Amy's brain for two and a half hours. (laughs) Yes, totally, totally. Yeah, well, thank you so much for jumping on today, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Sunday 21st, if not before. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Harmony. Thanks, everyone. Bye. about Ayurveda or have you been called to learn more about Ayurveda? If so, I would love to offer you these teachings in my intro to Ayurveda lifestyle medicine for the mind, body, soul online course. Ayurveda translates to the science of life and longevity. Its teachings hold ancient wisdom and secrets of how to live a long, healthy and vibrant life. Ayurveda has been around for 5,000 plus years. It's been tried and tested for centuries, yet has only become more popularized in the modern Western world in recent times as the true healing benefits of Ayurveda are being discovered by many in the West. Its relevance and power is needed now more than ever. Applying Ayurvedic principles and practices to your mind, body, soul can help you heal your gut and gut-related symptoms such as bloating, gas, indigestion, constipation or loose stools. It can help assist with hormonal balance and total body balance. It helps mitigate stress and anxiety, clear skin, helps to achieve a healthy body weight and maintain it, helps you feel deeply connected to your mind, body, soul, increase and sustain energy, increase peace of mind and support and boost your metabolism. This course will give you an introduction into the art of Ayurvedic lifestyle medicine so that you can apply Ayurveda to your life and become your own healer and health guru. You will discover and understand yourself on a deeper level. In this course, you will learn the history of Ayurveda, Ayurvedic Dhinacharya, Ayurvedic nutrition, Ayurvedic psychology. You'll also discover your own unique constitution, your dosha. You will be given practical tips on how to apply the art of Ayurveda to your modern day lifestyle and how to simplify health to get the most out of your life. So if you would like to sign up to this seven module course, please head over to my website, www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Namaste.